The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to Brutal Nation. The podcast series is dedicated to lesser-known serial killers and acts of true crime. I'm your host, the one and only Scott Alexander, and right across from me is the one and the only, the Sasquatch herself. Tammy Underwood. Say hi, Tam. You know, this is like our third time doing starting over on this episode, and you finally introduced me. I know. That's amazing. Three and I, I feel sad of- because my friend Jenny was in town. You might want to talk to your mic because your signal sucks. Oh, sorry about um, that. You know? Yeah, and she... And she even said hi. And, and that whole like thing that. was wiped out, huh? It's gone, yeah. You can't find it anywhere? No, I don't know what happened with the software. I didn't touch anything. I didn't click on anything. Yeah, you were like reaching over like... I was reaching it. over. That's all I was and doing. And all of a sudden it's like we hear our theme music. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and I was like, hmm. This, okay, so anyway, we had a glitch. So let's just jump right into Marcel Patois. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was really close. Um, the case I'm featuring for you today, I know you called him the twat, but whatever. Because when we were talking on the phone about it, I swear to God. And I, I know said, you did. That's what I thought you, you said know. was his name is Marcel the twat. And I'm your, a, your, your good ear's going bad. I'm a, the fuck? Who names your kid that? You know, you have a tendency to mishear what I'm saying when you have your earpiece in as opposed to when I'm on speaker or you're talking into the phone. That could be it. I don't know. Because yeah. half the time I'm masturbating. <laughs> I believe you. With your dick hanging out the window. Thinking about your mom. Fuck off. <laughs> she should be sitting on my... I, I to, hate you. I got to hear her voice this morning. It was so sexy. I hate you. Mm. She's going away. She's leaving tomorrow morning for a month and a half. That's why you should have brought her over to my house. Yeah, she had to get all her stuff ready so I could pack it when I get home. Because oh, well, she I'm going to pack, pack it for her. Shut up. She can't pack <laughs> shit. Oh, I would. <laughs> I knew I should have said it like that. <laughs> I was thinking she can't pack her up, and I'm, no, I'm not going to say that, and then I didn't even think about what I was saying. I'm, I'm pretty open. I'll take her to Brown Town. <laughs> <laughs> However, unlike the case of <coughs> Joe's... Did I say... Uh, I was... Yeah, it happened during World War II. However, unlike the case of Joseph Mengele or Shiro Ishii, I do not feel that these murders committed by Dr. Marcel Patois were done so under the authority of the French government. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't trust the French. I know you don't. I've said that a hundred times. Still say it. And they're one of our markets. We just opened the French. Hi. Bonjour. Or is that goodbye? I fucking can't remember. (laughs) I can't remember either. I I think it means both. Oh, okay. Like aloha? Oh, man, I want to lay it. What? <laughs> Mount Wanahakalugi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Finding Nemo. Um, so anyways, despite he even tried to, despite he, what he tried to claim during his trials. Okay. You'll, it's like, he's really weird. By the time I get to the meat of this presentation, I imagine you will be as appalled as I was by certain circumstances. I don't want to get ahead of myself, so I'll stop there. However, I'm sure, to, pretty sure we'll be talking about this case for months, if not years. Like, seriously. It's Groovy. bizarre. I mean, and I think it, we, it's not going to be so much his acts as his uh, statements in court, in trial. Sweet. Yeah, you're going to be fucking, I think we'll laugh more, almost as much as we did with Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. 
So um, without further ado, I will present you with the case of Dr. Marcel Putois, also known as Dr. Satan, and sometimes the vampire of Rue Lassour. And Marcel the Twat. <laughs> and Maurice, his brother. <laughs> his brother is named Maurice. Yeah. Sometime during the morning hours on Monday, March 6, 1944, the houses in the vicinity of 21 Rue Lassour Petit. There you go. Notice some. <laughs> you got it that time. I did. I'm proud of you. Notice some foul smoke emitting, and that's quotes, emitting from the chimney of a stylish residence. It was a three-story house that was built in the 19th century, and it used to be the home of one of France's lesser princesses. You know, this morning I got accosted by foul smoke coming from a not-so-fabulous 18-year-old. Foul smoke, or was it just a vapor? Uh, it was vapor. It could have been smoke, and I'm pretty sure that I was gassed. <laughs> Still can't feel the left side of my body. I can't stand you. <laughs> um. Anyways, where was I? Oh, Lesser Princess. The property included a large courtyard and a private stable, as well as a separate garage and a three-story house, and you got it. Just thinking about this, I want my own stable of grannies. Stepford grannies. You want to hear them? Like fucking, uh, what's yeah. his name? Fucking Gary. Ah, uh, oh, fucking what was his name? Heidnick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know how uh, a hippie polygamist counts his wives? One Mrs. Hippie, two Mrs. Hippie, three Mrs. Hippie. <laughs> so fucking stupid. That's my dad joke hippie. of the day. Yeah. You know what? It took me a minute to get your, that's my, my, my Michelle, my Michelle. And then I read it to my mom and she got it right away. I'm like, fuck you. The the meme that I sent her that she's talking about has a, and the, the joke goes like this. Guy shows up at a, at a costume party and uh, one of his friends comes up and says, what are you dressed like? A shell. Uh, no, I'm, a, I'm, snail. I'm, 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 a snail. Well, why is that girl on you uh, on your back? Oh, that's Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> that's Michelle. And it, I like had to say it out loud twice to get it. I'm like, oh, that's what he means. I was it, like, I felt. So don't dumb. feel bad. It took me a second to get him on. I don't get. Oh, yes, I do. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see here. Here's the stylish house. Um. The property. Oh, I already saw that. Um, the horrendous smoke actually continued to pour. Do you need to go get your straightener? Continue to pour from no, the I'm chimney just all day. No, I'm that I'm masturbating your mom. Fuck off. <laughs> I lost my place. The smoke poured I from the chimney all day, then proceeded to the next day and the next day. Five days later, by Saturday, March 11th, when it didn't show any signs of stopping, like it was just billowing, a disgruntled neighbor decided he was going to complain. He walked to the house and just about he was just about to knock on the door when he saw a note that said, "Away for one month, forward mail to eighteen Rue de Lombards." I, I, UPS, please leave the package with my neighbor. Yeah, <laughs> his name Oxair. is Maurice. Yeah. So the neighbor decided to call the police. And two officers arrived riding their little bicycles. Ding, I want ding. to ride my bicycle. I want to ride I my bike. Remember those little finger bells on the <laughs> handlebar? I want a finger bell. Fuck off. 
Scotty's bells, Scotty's bells. Your mom should be here playing with them. No, you mean Scotty's balls, not bells. Yes, <laughs> jingling, hear her scream. Soon she will be bent over. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I'm walking out. See. Even though we've hit this three fucking times, you never quite know what I'm going to say next. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, we know what I'm going to read because I have it typed out, but we never know what's going to come out of your fucking mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the neighbor called police. Oh, I said that. Upon interviewing the neighbors, they learned that a man by the name of Dr. Marcel Patois owned the house. But- big Patois. <laughs> DM Patois. Um <laughs> BDSM. Anyways, he owned the house, but he lived in a separate location. Spank me with your patois. <laughs> he lived in a separate location at 66 Rue Camatine, which was approximately just two miles away. It was that close to 69, by the way. It it was. That close. It was three off. <laughs> when the... Oh, that's gross. <laughs> then the officers found out some other interesting facts. The house had become, for, become known for its rather peculiar visitors over the past six months. Kind of like you are. I am very peculiar. Well, well, yeah, and then <laughs> we never know what kind of friends you have coming over. This is true. I mean, except for me. Your neighbors love me. It could be a granny tranny, or it could be a hot vixen. You never know. What about the little people, Scott? I keep them in my closet. They're stackable. <laughs> they don't leave. Actually, you know what my plan is when I buy the new house? Dude, don't. I want to have a, a, a security gate, of course. Oh, of course. And when I throw parties, I'm going to hire midgets. Two of them are going to be my gate guards. And they're going to be dressed in like, uh, you know, like royal uniforms. And then I want to have two of them on little Shetland ponies. <laughs> that leave. Roam the yard? <laughs> they, 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 when the guests show up. The little midgets go, what did you do? And they look, but nonetheless, you know, they don't okay. talk like that. They're not munchkins. Brett Sutherland. Okay, hold on. Hey, shorty. And then you the swallow song, and then they lead you up the, the pathway while singing little midget songs like, we are the lollipop kids. We welcome you to munchkin land. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, Oompa loompa doopa dee doo. That was more like oompa loompa. I know, but in my head, they're smaller, except I want them to sing like that and go, We've got a Scotty party for you. Oh, God, please don't do that. <laughs> Ever. Um, where was I? Oh, um, ba ba ba. Oh. Um, there was the strange man who drove a horse cart to the house every night. Um, a few months prior to that, that day in March when the smoke started, two mysterious trucks came and went. One was there to haul away approximately 47 suitcases. I don't know how they came up with that number unless they counted one by one as they got into the truck. It could have been maybe maybe there were Noah's Ark fans and, there's, and they, they hauled them out two by two. <laughs> Too red, too green, too blue, too yellow, <laughs> too brown. Yeah, whatever, dude. Too white. That's my name. Too white. 
Instead of Tupac? No, I'm White Pac. I know you are. Um, or Chicken Pac. Mm. Um, where was I? Um, okay, and the other one dropped off approximately 30 to 40 heavy sacks, but the neighbors didn't, couldn't identify what was in them. It's amazing because I think about your mom. I have a heavy sack. You know what? One of these days, I'm going to fucking bring something and fucking smack the shit out of you with it. I keep offering your mom that. What? She can spank me anytime. Dude, I hate you. <laughs> um, concerned about what was happening inside, they decided, the cops decided to call Patois at his house. While he was on the phone, he was more worried about whether or not they had actually entered the residence. Um, when he was told they had not entered, he said... Quote, don't do anything. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Um, so the police hung up the phone, and they were confident that um, Patois would arrive shortly to take care of the problem. However, after 30 minutes, he still wasn't there. It was like, where the fuck is he? Kind of like me sometimes. I'll be there at 8 and show up at 11. That's what we were talking about uh, <laughs> just yesterday. I know. Um, let's see. People... Oh, he didn't arrive, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when the smoke just got worse, like it like increased, they called the fire department because they didn't know if there's a fire inside. Right, and that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Like, like that bitch burned down. Like when the fucking white smoke comes out of the fucking... Um, For the Catholics? Yeah. When they're trying to elect the Pope? Yeah, that's... I can't think of the name of the place right now. The Vatican. Thank you. <clears throat> they're all discussing child molestation. But go ahead. Instead of electing a new pope. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're electing something, though. A new altar boy. I'm going to say they're erecting something. That's right. <laughs> yeah, those altar boys, are, uh, they're all wore out. They're yeah. walking funny. Fucking weirdo. So, um, as soon as the firefighters arrived, they actually decided to enter the house via a window on the second story. Um then they went and cleared, like, the third story, the second story, and they ended up in the basement. Um, the firemen weren't in there very long before they came running out, and when they were able to grab some fresh air, one of them actually vomited profusely. He was, like, Hold throwing on. the fuck up. I just thought of something. Why does all the weird shit always happen in the fucking basement? Um, like, seriously, you never hear, like, they checked the basement first and nothing was going on, and on the second floor they found everything fucked up. It's always in the basement. Oh, always. yeah, totally. And, well, and I'll tell you what. Um, every time we go to Iowa and we go to my aunt's house, she'll say something's down in the basement, and I'm like, ah, that's okay. It can stay. Because <laughs> her basement scares the fuck out of me. And then there was one time when there was literally a tornado that touched down right outside of Sioux City. Holy shit. And so we had to go to the basement, and we were all huddled in the corner, and the power went out. And one of the my cousin's daughters started crying. She's like, I want my mommy because her mom wasn't there. My son goes over to her and he like pats her on the shoulder and says, don't worry. My mom will save us. She is tough. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, dude. I'm scared as fuck right now. Your, your, your son's way nicer than me. I would, don't worry. Your mommy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then there was one time when we were flying and. And we had a layover in Denver. And, you know, turbulence in Denver is horrible. Oh, yeah. And I hate flying anyways. Um, there's Me one too. Time my wings get tired. <laughs> Shut up. There was one time when we were, like, taking off, I think, out of Omaha one time. And we were on one of those, I call them prop planes that you can fit in your pocket. Oh, yeah. That you have to go outside and 
Uh-huh. Um, anyways, and we were actually like sitting right above where the wheels come in. Mm-hmm. And when it popped in, I felt that thump and I was like, ah! and the guy goes, it's just the wheels. I'm like, whatever you say, dude. <laughs> You I'm going to die. You know what I can never understand because I've been on a lot of those little puddle jumpers. Uh-huh. Why the, the pilot always has to come over the loudspeaker. I know. Go, um, if you look out to your left side, you'll see uh, Denver, Colorado. We'll be coming in for a landing really, really soon. But literally, he could look Just over his shoulder his and go, hey, guys, uh, Denver's right down there off the left-hand side. We're going to be landing in like two minutes. Yeah, because with pilots, they can actually look over their shoulder because, you know, they don't have to like. Make sure they're flying that straight. Uh, yeah, it's not like they're going to look at them. Oh, shit, I just blew a stop sign. That's, that's, Jesus Christ, man. It's not Back to the Future. Right. Like, oh, God damn it. I'm going to get pulled over and get a ticket. If you're, you're yeah. in the sky. Pretty sure nobody's going to pull you over, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. So um, the chief then, after this guy threw up, uh, the chief sought out the police officers and said, uh, you have some work ahead of you. It's like not pretty in there, basically. So next to enter the house were three police officers. They just like, you know what? Let's go check this shit out. And then a chief and a mechanic and a construction worker. And they sing YMCA. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. Yeah, because the firefighter decided to leave the scene because he was throwing up. The firefighter left. A lot. I'm out of the band. <laughs> I'm done with you guys' bullshit. Yeah. I don't even like the YMCA. Dude, Jesus Christ. I quit. <laughs> I'm going to go fight fires and let somebody else play with my hose. <laughs> You're so stupid. Um, they made their way into the basement when they discovered that there was a coal stove blasting on all cylinders. Remember the, you know, we've seen them in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they yeah, had yeah. in uh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. 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 I'm familiar with those. Yeah. So, yeah, we used to have, a, we actually had a, what were they called? The, um, I don't know. They were like the cast iron stoves. The pot stove. No, we didn't have a pot belly. It was square. And we actually, on Thanksgiving and shit and Christmas, when we had a lot of people over, we'd actually put our hot food on top of it to keep it warm. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 It's a, a wood burning stove. stove. Yeah, yeah. There you it's go. A wood stove. I, I thought of it as soon as I said it. But um, <laughs> let's see. There was a <laughs> severed human arm from just dangling from the open door. Well, I hope so. I hope like, nobody was like chilling in there going, hey, I'm just hanging out, man. Yeah, it's awful dude. warm. <laughs> dude, why is it so hot in here? <laughs> <laughs> in a pile near the stove, they found a pile of coal that had human bones and dismembered human remains just mixed in with it. Hey, got a good mix. Yeah. Same. You know, that's how you make a good cocktail, right? Mm, yummy. You're so dumb. It was virtually impossible to distinguish exactly how many victims the police were seeing. How many dead people can we see? Well, I was going to say looking at, but that's ending in a preposition, and people might get mad at me. <laughs> One victim. Two. Two victims. Three. Three victims. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, because he's the vampire. Yes. Um, you got that reference. I'm glad. Yeah. So when the police officers exited the basement, Dr. Patois was riding up on his bicycle. Ting, ting. <laughs> Ding, ding. Bonjour. How are you doing, Mr. <laughs> right. Ding, ding. As soon as he arrived, he stated, this is serious. My head could be at stake. So it's like, you know, he doesn't even know what's going on in there because he just rode up and he's like, this is serious. I'm in trouble. How he do you rolled, know you're in trouble? No, here's what he did. 
He rolled up and said, what up, 5-0? You see me rolling? Don't be hating, homie. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Tinky. Ding, ding. Stupid. <laughs> he then went around to all of the officers that were on site because he wanted to determine whether or not they were all French citizens. And he wanted to play with the wee oui, wee? Oui? Yeah, he was basically <laughs> being uh, a skinhead, but on the French version. <laughs> Are you pure blood? Are you already a Frenchman? Yeah. Um, let's see. Where was I? Uh, when each one confirmed that they were indeed natural French, he told them the deceased people in the house were Germans and traitors to our country. You know, because that was around the time that the German, the Nazis had invaded France and Paris. That's why we really should label and tag all of our Germans. Dude, like we do cattle? Yeah, pretty much because they shouldn't be allowed to make porn. After what I saw by accident. Now, that was by accident. I am so glad you haven't found that because I know you would send it to me. So to recap on what I saw, and this is why I bitch at you Germans all the time about not making porn. Which you do make some good porn, but not some. very much. I, this was probably like a year ago. I'm flipping through Pornhub. And I come across, I think it was Pornhub, I can't remember. Um, this, or x Hamster, one of the yeah, one of, one, Or one X-Videos. One of the three. Yeah, there's, I go through so many of them. And there was a, They're all there was a threesome porn. And it was a teacher with two hot female students. Hot, 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 hot. And it was until one of them took a big power dump on the dude's chest and the other one vomited on him. And it didn't even say nothing like that. In the description, because if it would have said, hey, look, we're going to take a power dump on him, I would have said, ah, that's, a, that's not the same, same. Yeah. That's no, no. That's a pass, pass. That's a pass, pass. <laughs> I go now. <laughs> I say, no, no. Yeah, I say, no, no. no. Not same, same. No, no. no. Uh, yeah, that's when I started saying Germans shouldn't be uh, fucking Germans, and goddamn, don't make porn, because that's disgusting. Yeah, totally. Um, Do-do-do. Uh, Dr. Pertwell went on to tell the authorities that he was, quote, the head of a resistance group. And he had nearly over 300 files at his house that, quote, must be destroyed before the enemy finds them. Yeah. Like Joseph Mengele's records. Uh, yeah, that's where I, yeah. <laughs> and even Shiro Ishii. Um, They're after, all same, same. Yeah, all same, same. Same, same. Not different, yeah. different. Same, no, same. Same, same. After the Nazis had occupied the country for many years, the officers actually bought his statement. Um, and they actually said, okay, go ahead, go. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> and he said, adios, bitch, nachos, because nobody saw him again for seven months. Um, however, the scene still needed to be processed. The next area law enforcement search was the garage. In it, they found a large pile of quicklime that had human remains mixed amongst it. And of the human remains, they were actually able to distinguish the presence of a scalp and a mandibula. Hold on. I just thought of something. You know what they really need? Tequila. Tequila. <laughs> and salt. And some salt. That's right. You got the lime. <laughs> yeah. My mom really likes salt on her food. So one Christmas, my best friend and I were going to get her a salt lick, but then we changed our mind. Hey, man, when life gives you lime, make margaritas. Yeah. Well, and they have those, like, salt mints in some of those novelty candy stores that come Ew. in mint tins. And I, I thought about getting her those, but then that's kind of mean. 
That's cold-blooded. Your mom's an angel. But she, like, she will salt her food before she tastes it. I'm like, taste uh, it. I season it as I go. Yeah, I don't use a lot of salt, so. No, but I use nice. enough seasoning that there's flavor. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I mean, I do use a little pinch here and there because it does enhance some flavors. You know what I wonder? Tell me. I'm scared, but tell me. What flavor your mom is? I knew you were going to say something fucking that I didn't want to hear. <laughs> I need to just say, don't say it. <laughs> Muzzle, Scott. But I still say it. I'm going to go like this. Muzzle. <laughs> yeah. Um, where was I? Oh. Fucking dying over yeah, here. Yeah, you are. You're, it sounds like, though, you're getting it out, so. I am. I'm at that tail end of what Jake gave me like a month ago. Yeah, because he seems to be fine. He's fine. He gave me the fucking plague, and now I'm at the very tail end of it where I'm still getting yeah. everything out of my lungs. But we talked about that a long time ago where, you know, your kid gets the sniffles and you get fucking pneumonia. Yeah, and I got like fucking pneumonia. <laughs> Double pneumonia. And yeah. it's like, fuck that yeah, shit. Fucking asthma attack last night, man. I Ooh. woke up just fucking hacking and coughing. It was terrible. That's horrible. I, I was sucking on my inhaler like I was a hooker and I owed it rent. <laughs> He was a strawberry for a crack rock. Goddamn right, man. I just want to breathe, motherfucker. Very strawberry. Look at that hoe. I'll, I'll suck your inhaler for a little bit of asthma relief. Dude, you're so dumb. Give me your albuterol. Dude, I didn't even bring my. Bed. I do. I do anything for a little bit of albuterol and to be able to Dude, breathe. My asthma has been actually a whole lot better. I I haven't had to use an inhaler except for when we had all that smoke. That two, was it me. last year or two years? Last, two last years year. ago. No, it was last year. Was it last year? Yeah. But it was like that <laughs> was no. It was yeah. It was because yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking about a couple of years ago when my son was still in high school when we had the ash falling on us. Oh that yeah. That was when the. Uh, that, the gorge. Yeah, that's when that kid said everything. Yeah, you know, well, the fucking fireworks. fireworks. Yeah, yeah, fireworks. yeah um, fucking, um, my asthma's been a lot better since I've limited my smoking down, and I mostly vape. Yeah. And, and it just depends on day. Some days I smoke a lot, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, but I still have these periodic, like, allergy attacks. Right, right, right. Um, and then with me getting everything out of my lungs still, mm-hmm. like, I'll feel fine. I won't cough one damn bit. Then all of a sudden, I'll just start coughing and just getting all that. That yeah. kind of mouth. Meanwhile, my son, perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. Not a goddamn totally. problem in the world. Yeah. You're asshole. It, I mean, I remember one time I went to a leader's <laughs> retreat and somebody had me laughing so hard that I started to have that coughing anxiety. You know what I mean? When you're laughing so hard that I started going, <gasps> and I couldn't breathe. So my friend was like, where's your inhaler? I'm like, I don't have it. So we had to like find an inhaler because somebody, thank God, had one there. But it was like, it was, I mean, it's like I, pulls on your chest and you get scared. Oh, yeah. I scared myself like the last couple of days. I don't even want to know why. Everything was fine. I was minding my own business. Yeah, right. And uh, did your crazy neighbor come <laughs> over and sit on your no. chest? No. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> God dang. I haven't even seen her, which is fucking I, awesome. You no, know, she didn't come out and. Like, meet me today. I was like, and I was sitting in my car jamming out. So, I started coughing, and I farted. And it actually hurt my butthole, because I think it was a little dry back there. And I actually let out a scream. (laughs) And I was, I, I, I was, seriously, and I'm not even joking, I was confused. I'm looking around, what the fuck, what the, where'd that come from? What the hell's going on? Oh, that was, oh, my butthole hurts. (laughs) 
what the? Am I getting like ghost raped or something? What the hell's going on with that? I mean, you got to at least rub my head and tell me I'm pretty before you start trying to do anything back there. I mean, you don't just go around poking me. What the hell? Buy me a drink. <laughs> there was one time when my friend who was a, a cosmetologist, uh, before she died in a car accident, I, I used to babysit her kids all the time. And then I became her office assistant. But um, she was so funny. We were sitting there and we were all laughing about something that her little kid did. And all of a sudden, I sneezed and farted. You know, it was like, I didn't control it. And her son. A snart. Yeah. Her son looks at me and goes, what the heck? And I go, what? <laughs> I said, it smells pretty. And his mom always says that her, his mom used to always say that her fart smelled like buttered popcorn and what did she say? Buttered popcorn and roses or something like that. I'm like, <laughs> not in this lifetime. <laughs> One of the games, and Jake and I were just talking about this earlier this week, is uh, when he was growing up, we used to play a game called Stinky Feet. And before he would go to bed, I would sit there and go, Ew, Jake, what's that smell? He go, What? And I'd grab his feet and go, Stinky Feet! <laughs> or I'd go like this and go, Jake, smell my foot. It smells like strawberries. And he would, huh? He would go down there and he'd grab my foot and go, Ew, Stinky Feet! <laughs> yeah. I quit playing with my son's feet when he started walking in real shoes because I have this thing against feet. Oh, yeah. I love baby feet, you know, because they're clean and they're cute. And they're delicious. Yeah. I always, like, bite on their toes. Ew. I go, Nasty Not ass. hard, but Whatever, I just like, cannibal. and they, like, laugh. So on next my week's episode, <laughs> we're going to be featuring Cammie Underwood, the human-eating Sasquatch. No, my son, my nephew, Yuki, used to love it. He would, like, sit there, and then he'd give me his foot. and like That's the oldest rice burner, right? Yeah, well, because the, the other, other one's, one's not born, born yet. yet. Okay, just making yeah. sure. Those are the ones that, are, you know what? I wish that he was here right now since we had that uh, fucking software glitch. No shit, I'd have yo. him start working on this shit. That uh, damn little bastard. I know. He's in Korea. Sorry. Okay, look here, Rice Burner. Get your Korean ass back here. I got <laughs> Get out of the sweatshop and come work That's on right. my... Dude, and he's a pretty smart kid. I mean, he knows that the iPad has games and shit, so he tries to open it, and he knows he has to push numbers. And one time he did, I go, he knows the code, and my brother, like, grabbed it. He goes, no, because if he puts it in wrong three times, I have to take it to the Apple store. <laughs> I'll even do you better than the sweatshop there, Rice Burner. I'll give you two bowls of rice a day. Be nice to my nephew. He's and got me wrapped around his little Every finger. time you fix something for me, it comes with kimchi. Just saying. <laughs> Dude, he is so funny because he knows when no when we're not there, he's not allowed up on the table. But as soon as I show up, he pushes his little ladder chair up to the table and gets up there and goes, looks at me and shit. And then he looks at his dad and his dad just goes, whatever. Great. Rice is going to be a pole dancer instead. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't win. Dancing on the bar. Just hoping that his brother, ugly. hope his fucking brother is, uh, you know, more proficient than he is. Not a pole dancer. I'm afraid of what my brother's going to name his new son. Because, I mean, his, the newborn, the youngest one, because, I mean, my nephew's name is actually Yubi Kane. And I call him Yuki because every kid that's born in my family, they get an Oregon Ducks onesie and a nickname, a special nickname for me. And, yeah, I'm just waiting. I got a name for him. I want to name him. Don't say it. Number two lucky special. <laughs> you want fried rice or noodle? <laughs> <laughs> you want fried rice or you want noodle? <laughs> have you ever noticed that the sushi places around town have all Mexicans working in the sushi line? 
Have you noticed that? No, because the one and that then, I go to is like very Japanese. Oh, and then there's like you go into a Mexican restaurant sometimes and they're like Asian. So I'm like, this is just wrong. <laughs> we'll get back to Marcel here in a second, <laughs> but there's a Mexican food place in Weed, California. Oh, okay. And it's right next door to the hotel that I stay at whenever I'm down there. And the first time I go in there, it's Mexican food. And say, oh, can I get to a, sa- a chair? You want beer? You want beer? Okay, stop right the fuck there. <laughs> this is not right. Not same, same. Emma, it's not same, same. You should be making the Chinese food, mm-hmm. not Mexicans. That's, that's, that's not same, same. Yeah. And then so I say, uh, yeah, uh, let me hit the bathroom first. I kind of walk around. I'm looking at who's cooking. And there were two Mexicans. We're safe. <laughs> I'm good now. Yeah. And the owners are, they're, 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 they're I think they're, Filipino? No, they're like, I think they're Korean, but I oh, can't okay. remember. Um, and they're really hella nice people. Oh, yeah. I've, I've eaten there several times, and the food's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, really nice, polite, super mm-hmm. people, but that's the last thing you want. Is like, And to the flip side, if I go into a, a Chinese food place, I don't want Juan to go, how you doing, man? Can I get you a seat, homie? <laughs> Here's your menus. Hey, vato. Orele, vato. Que on the way. You know, I don't want to see that shit. I want to see, oh, I thank you for showing up. <laughs> we set you down. We have number two, like a special. The one one with fried rye, one with cat. Uh, veterinary. Orele. We, we have new veterinary hospital next door, fresh cat. You know, I, that's what I want to see. Fucking hate you. <laughs> don't want to see Paco. <laughs> trying to give me some fried rice. That's what I call my best friend. You know, but I want to see him give me Mexican food because if it's a Mexican going, hey, this is what we're cooking. I'm like, yeah, fucking, yeah. Yeah, cool. So I, I don't want to see white people. Cool beans. I don't want to see white people <laughs> nah. fucking selling me Chinese food or Mexican food because <laughs> they're white. Yeah. And I just want to put it out there too because, you know, we're kind of talking about things and how polite Koreans and, you know, especially Koreans. Koreans <laughs> are pretty polite to people. They are racist against blacks and Filipinos. However, they are pretty nice people. When you go into a Korean store or like a dry cleaners that have Korean mm-hmm. workers, they don't hand you your money. It's like a taboo for them. They put it on the counter because their culture believes you need to earn your own money and not have it given to you. Oh. So when you pick it up, you kind of earn it as opposed to having it handed to you. The guy I buy my cigarettes from, and I'll, I'll Is give he him- Korean? I'll give him a free plug every time if you're if you live in the Portland metro area or you're driving up I five yeah and you're in Delta Park go to Delta Mini Mart oh yeah they are um, so nice I've been there to get your right uh, the, the guy who owns that his name is Song and then the uh, the the lady who works behind the counter that I see all the time her name is Amy both uh, both Korean those are some other Koreans that work there too yeah Song is one of the nicest guys that was my ex husband's name you could ever <laughs> fucking imagine oh yeah. Like, I would seriously do anything for Song. Oh, yeah. He's a really fantastic guy. So, yeah, free plug for you, Song, uh, even though you don't listen to these kind of podcasts. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, he might. If, if you can, go buy Delta Mini Mart, man. They're, they're fantastic Well, people. yeah, and there's a Mini Mart in my town that was right, actually, it was right up the street from two houses I lived at. Um, and when I was in my teens and, you know, stuff, I would take my nephew up there because we could walk up there. It was only, like, maybe half a mile. And every time we came in with my little nephews, they actually would get like a Chico stick or something like that and give it to my nephews. It's like, you know, oh, it's nice. like here, you know. And so it's like, I, I mean, until he kind of went over the deep end and shot at a, you know, a beer grabber. <laughs> you know, those people that go in and steal cases of beer. Uh, 
one of the kids did that and he kind of came out and fired a gun at him. Missed him, but, you know, he got in trouble for it. <laughs> but I can understand, man. I worked at 7-Eleven. Some kid attacked me to try to get two cases of beer. Jesus Christ, He got six. Man. Out of two cases, he got six cans. Because <laughs> he, he hit me with one and it burst open and so he kind of dropped it. And then as he was leaving the door, I grabbed the other one and it came open and he left with six cans. I'm like, that's what you get, motherfucker. Because I'm a tough bitch. <laughs> yeah. You're not straight out of Compton. You're straight out the trailer? Like, like Kid Rock? Dude, I'm SoCal all the way. <laughs> Get on with fucking Marcel the Twat. <laughs> um, let's see here. Where was I? Straight out of Paris. Uh, oh, the quick line. <clears throat> and the man double. Okay. In the stable, someone had actually dug a deep pit. You know, not a hole like Heidnik, but a pit. Um, I think of those like barbecue pits. Um, and before they filled it with quicklime and disposing of more corpses. Oh, okay. okay. The remains were in different stages of decomp, which indicated to them that they weren't all disposed at the same time. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Remember that episode of American, that uh, the cult episode of, I mean, the season of American Horror Story where he killed his parents and just put them in the bedroom and yes. kept putting lime on him. Every time he killed somebody, he put him in there. It's like, yes. that is so fucking gross. Mm, delicious. <laughs> Shut up. Sprinkle them with tequila. You're so dumb. On the steps that led from the basement to the courtyard, you know, like up the thingy, uh, the authorities discovered a canvas sack just laying there. Inside the sack, it was an entire left half of the corpse that didn't have its head, the foot, or the vital organs. It was just like cut right down the middle. You got to pay extra for the rest of that. God well, damn it. You know, remember Black Dahlia? She was cut across her waist. Yes. And this is like straight from head to toe. <laughs> like freaking head to stir. I mean, head to pelvis. That takes a lot of fucking work, man. Oh, I'm sure it does, more unless they used a power that. saw, but I don't think they had those back then. Yeah, I don't think they had Black & Decker back then where you can, like, But go didn't and... they have logging places where they, you know, what it, where the lumber places back then? I believe so, but think of the damage a chainsaw can do. True, that's true. If you're going to get an exact cut down the middle, that's pretty precise work right there. Like, you would need, like, something like a bone saw... Yeah, because I was trying to think um, of when Johnny Cash was younger because his brother died from his arm. His hand got, you know, in the um, like a bandsaw type yeah. thing at the lumber place. Yeah, yeah. And then he ended up dying. And I can't remember. That was had to be in the freaking 40s, 50s. That sounds right. Yeah. And I love Johnny Cash. I wish I could have seen him perform live. I have seen him perform live. Fuck you. How no, many I, times? Just once. Oh, uh, okay. A true story. When I was a teenager, I worked for an amusement park, uh, Knott's Berry Farm in right, Southern right, right. California. And so you got to see a lot of acts come through. Oh, like yeah. I saw the Statler Brothers. I saw the Oak Ridge Boys. I've seen Gallagher, Johnny Cash, um, the Gatlin Brothers. You said that. No, I said Statler's. Oh, okay. Uh, a couple of other ones um, on the outside stage. Oh, yeah. Because um, they all performed in the ghost town part of the park that, okay. that I worked at. Yeah. So it was really cool. I'd go to work and I'd get to see all these free shows. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I got to see Johnny Cash. Wow. I would have loved the, to have seen him. The Gatlins were my favorite, though, because I love... Yeah, I like the Gatlin brothers. See, our listeners right now, including my fans of, of my music. Oh, wait a minute. That's very country, and you do rock. No, you do rockabilly. 
Yeah, I like, mm-hmm. no, I'm classic country. I don't like modern country, but classic I country. I love classic country more than that's modern. my jam. Yeah, right because there. modern countries become more pop. It's pop. Yeah, I'm it's like bubblegum. Pop- yeah, if if I want to listen to fucking pop music, I'll turn on like Britney Spears or some bullshit and rot my brain. Oops, I did it again. That just happened in my pants. Fucking stupid. I like Katy Perry though. Oh, and I love Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga only because she isn't just an artist. No. She's got a broad range yeah. that, that she can perform, but she's a good businesswoman. And she's True. intelligent. Very. I mean, people don't understand it. I mean, at first, I didn't like her because she did the stunts at the, you know, the Grammys with the egg and the meat dress and everything. I was like, oh, my God, just stop it. But, you know, she is such an advocate for anti-bullying that she has literally been um, going to Congress you know, petitioning Congress and stuff to try to get a bill passed to make bullying a hate crime. Because I, it is. I think it should be. Mm-hmm. You know? But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Let's get on with yeah. Marcel because Marcel. I'm, I'm going to have to hit the bathroom here in like two minutes because I've had coffee and cheese and apples and I'm going to commit a hate crime in and my bathroom. And the freaking cheese doesn't stop you up at all? Oh, no. <laughs> that just adds to flavor. Gotcha. Oh, my God. You're going to... There's parts of this that it's like... You need some of this shit. Anyways. Okay, so Commissaire Jorge Victor Masu took the lead on this case. He had been an investigator for over 33 years, and he was actually credited with upwards of 3,200 arrests. Dude, you seriously hook up? Was Shipman's detective. Oh, no shit, yo. I can never remember his Shipman name. Shipman and Norris. I know. I can't remember either. I mean, I can click over and, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, he was Holy fucking. Cow. If we had those two. Oh, yeah. Every crime in the world. Yeah, especially would be Europe. Oh, especially. yeah. But, there would yeah. be like, people would be like, no, we ain't fucking around. We got yeah. fucking these two motherfuckers. Remember the, um, what'd they call them in the um, Doodler case? The two. The two black detectives that were fucking <laughs> no, they like had a ninety percent close rate. Remember, right? I'm trying to the Soul Brothers. Or Soul something Brothers. Like that. Yeah. There you go. And it's like, yeah, put them on the case too, man. Uh, exactly, man. Make it multinational. There'd no be shit, like there'd you know? be zero. We don't need Interpol anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we well, have the trifecta. <laughs> right, well, the that 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 detective from England, man, that motherfucker. God damn. Oh yeah, because he's and the I one never can remember. He's got a simple name to remember. I just can't remember. Is it Graham? It could have been. I yeah, can't I can't, I'd have to pull it up and figure it out. That but. dude there can track you down better than oh yeah anybody else. Oh yeah, totally. Like he will just catch your scent. Like ah, he'll never catch me. I'm in a hut in the middle of South Africa, and there's nobody for like a hundred miles. And you're just gonna hear knock, 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 knock. Get out to the house, motherfucker. Oh yeah, because he totally busted. I mean, he busted shipment, and you know because he like. As soon as he looked at that will and shit, he's like, no, you're you're guilty. Yeah, he's like, I got you. Yeah, dude. And you're then gone. Norris was like shortly after Shipman, and he was like, what the fuck, dude? You're doing what Shipman did. I just fucking dealt with this shit. I can see him in an English accent, and I can't do my English accent right now, pulling this guy aside going, how stupid are you, really? You're doing exactly what you saw in the media that I just caught this guy for in yeah. the same area. You really thought? Yeah. You really thought you are going to get away with this? Yeah. I've learned how to exhume, go about exhuming bodies, and I'm not afraid to do it again. I can see him looking at him going, dude, I can tell you what you had for breakfast. 
You had exactly like 15 grams of cereal and one egg and one egg that had a little pinch of salt in it, one peppercorn, and it was fried in canola oil. (laughs) Exactly about, I don't know, three drops of canola oil was in there. Son of a bitch. You got me. (laughs) My grandpa every morning would have two fried eggs and toast for breakfast. And then about mid-morning, he had to have a banana. I mean, that was like standard every day. Your mom told me she wants my banana. No, she did not. Yes, she did. No, I w- was on the phone with her, and she never said those words. And you, you guys it. don't have each other's phone number. Oh, it was subliminal. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> she was like, give me your banana, big monkey boy. Oh, my God. You are so <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> I fucking hate you sometimes. Right. You continue on. I'm going to go and commit an act of okay, terrorism. Don't take too long, because there's some funny shit coming up. Um, okay. <laughs> as you're taking a funny shit. Um, <clears throat> when he searched the, quote, death house basement, he noticed the presence of several large sinks. Um, and the sinks were designed to drain blood from dead bodies. Um, there was also an octagon-shaped chamber that had been soundproofed and equipped with wall shackles. I knew you were going to do your pants are falling down. <laughs> They're like down around your ankles. Dude, he was laying in ink. Because it had Holy that Holy shit, hole. yeah. And yeah. that octagon? Yeah. You should see inside my bedroom. Dude. I have a design just for your mom so she can tie me to the wall. Spank me like a bad boy. Like the monkey boy I am. Sprawl like oh, in on yeah. the X thing that they use to torture. Shit, yeah. Down when you're pissed. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. My pants are falling off. You can continue. I'm going to well, go. Hey, take- let me. A dumpster. Oh, yeah. Rub it. Now rub it. Rub it. Where was it? I don't fucking know. Probably somewhere up there, I guess. I got to get a big display case. You you do. like a. That's only part of my Pez collection. Dude, I want like uh, the shadow box things for all my shot glasses because I have like three boxes of shot glasses. Sweet. Okay, I'm going to pull my pants up. Why bother? Just take them off like you do most of the time. I <laughs> see you in your boxer briefs. They're red. Santa. Santa, baby. <laughs> Stop that, you fucking weirdo. Um, yeah. At 1.30 a.m., Masu was still in the middle of processing the scene when he received an urgent telegram from the police headquarters located in Bari. It simply read, Order from German authority. Stop. Arrest Patois, stop. Dangerous lunatic, stop. Um, Remember, the officers at the scene were true French patriots. So when they received this telegram from the, quote, German invaders, they assumed Patois was truly the hero of the resistance that he claimed to be, and therefore they took their sweet time going over to his residence on Rue Carmartin, when they arrived, the place was completely, I mean completely, deserted. Um, And there was no trace of the fine doctor or his entire family anywhere near, you know, on the premises. Um, But even though he was gone, they opted not to search for him. Instead, they chose to interrogate the men who had been assigned to um, 
remodeled the house located on Rue Lesseur. So when they questioned everybody in the on the construction team, they learned that Dr. Patois had been ca- had been held captive by occupying Gestapo from May of 1943 through January of 1944. So almost a year. Um, upon hearing of the torture he withstood, they weren't in a hurry to organize a manhunt for him at all. Um, let's see here. Back at the original crime scene, law enforcement managed to collect the mutilated remains of a minimum of 10 victims. However, when the chief coroner, Albert Paul, such a, I mean, that was an easy name, um, gave an interview to reporters, he said, quote, the number 10 is vastly inferior to the real one. Um, not only were they able to collect a multitude of recognizable human bones and body parts, but Dr. Paul also found the following items. 33 pounds of charred bones, 24 pounds of unburned body fragments, 11 pounds of human hair, 10 plus entire scalps, like he had just scalped them with a, a tomahawk, and three garbage cans filled with pieces of human remains too small to accurately identify. Um, let's see. With all the fragments of human remains, Dr. Paul was able to determine that a 50-year-old male was the oldest victim, and on the other end of the spectrum, he managed to determine that the youngest victim was a 25-year-old female. He was also able to ascertain, where was I? Oh, that none had been stabbed, shot, or poisoned with a toxic metal of any kind. So there was no, like, mercury poisoning or, um, I can't remember what the other one is. It's, you know, I mean, lead's pretty popular, but not back then. Um, However, at the time, Dr. Paul could not rule out the use of any organic compounds and this was especially since the authorities confiscated mass quantities of chloroform digitalis and strychnine which i must say yes we've had chloroform in the past but not very often but digitalis and strychnine are new drugs yay dr patois and There were also a host of other poisons, but they didn't get into those. And they also discovered that there were more than 50 times the amount of heroin and morphine that one would typically find in a physician's, quote, on-hand stock. Um, So it was clear to everyone who was involved with processing the scene that something was just a little bit off about Dr. Patois. Um, however, he was in the wind. Uh, whether he be a patriot or a villain was yet to be determined, but since he had vanished, Dr. Patois left the investigators asking three major questions. Um, first one was, who exactly were the victims? Next, how exactly did these victims die? And third, where exactly was Dr. Patois? Um, dang it. 
Okay, there we go. Um, so when the authorities ran a background check on Dr. Patois, they managed to identify at least two of the victims right away. The first victim law enforcement identified um, was a guy by the name of Jean-Marc Van Bever. I'm going to call him that because Scott will come out when he's done and make fun of him and call him a beaver. <laughs> he just said he is a beaver. Um, however, he was a well-known around the Paris area as a drug, drug addict. And he obtained his drugs from Dr. Patois himself. And around February of 1942, um, he got arrested as part of a 40s version of a pharmacy sting like they have nowadays that focused on the establishments that were known to trade illegal narcotics. Um, then we have, upon being arrested, Van Bever told the authorities that he had been purchasing um, the fraudulent prescriptions from Dr. Patois. However, within days of his trial starting in March of that year, uh, Van Bever Van Bever vanished in the thin air. Nobody knew where he went. He was just like, one minute there, he was there, and then poof, he was gone. <clears throat> At that time, it was believed that Van Bever's disappearance was the result of a payback at the hands of the seedy underworld drug associates he was known to hang around. However, that theory was questioned when they found the remains at Dr. Patois' Rue Lassour residence. Um, the second victim to be identified was a lady by the name of, I'm going to just call her Martha Kate because it's M-A-R-T-H-E, last name K-H-A-I-T. So that's what she is. Um, she was the mother of a woman named Raymonde Baudet, Baudet, B-A-U-D-E-T. She was another addict who had gone to Dr. Bertois to obtain her drugs. Baudet had been arrested in March of 1942, exactly two weeks before Van Bever up and disappeared. Um, when she was arrested, Patois went to Martha's house and presented her with an idea that would get him out of hot water. Patois advised Martha that she should get on the stand and give false testimony. Um, <clears throat> false testimony. Okay. He suggested she tell the courts that some of the prescriptions that he had written to Raimunda were Monday with her mother's last name, so using the Kate last name, that they were actually for Martha. This would, in effect weaken the case the prosecution had against him. So after Martha agreed to his suggestion, she began to have second thoughts after she consulted her regular doctor. Oh, the neighbors. Um, Martha disappeared sometime around March 26, 1942. Sometime after that, Martha's husband received two letters in the mail. Both of these letters declared that she had clear intentions to up and leave the country. Upon receiving these letters, Martha's husband actually went to talk to Patois 
and he confirmed that Martha indeed had plans to evacuate Nazi-occupied France. Um, which at the time, that, that's not really a far-fetched story. Um, so, occupied France. However, Ramonde was not convinced her mother had just up and left. So she filed, She went down to the police station and filed a missing person report on May 7th, 1942. The authorities couldn't find a trace of Martha until two years later when they had to enter Patois' house. Um, after Martha disappeared, Dr. Patois actually did go on trial in July of 1942. He was convicted in both of the narcotics cases against him. Now... <clears throat> As a result of, he was fined a total of, where was that? Oh, 20,000 francs, 10,000 francs for each charge. In today's equivalent, that's one, because they've changed the francs over to euros. They've taken on euros now in France. In today's equivalent, that's equivalent to 1,824, 191.83 euros. And it's also equivalent to $314,625.68 U.S. dollars. Upon appeal, that fine ended up getting reduced, and he only had to pay 24,000 francs in total. That's, that was approximately 437,806 euros. And $75,507 like U.S. dollars. So still a pretty hefty sum, but not as big as, you know, it like cut it way down, less than half. I mean, less than, less than a third. Um, the lead detective on the case was Inspector Roger Gig... I'm going to say Gignol. G-I-G-N-O-U-X. Um, and back in July, he had a strong suspicion that Patois was responsible for the disappearance disappearance and possible murder of both Martha and Van Bever. He just lacked the proof to make his arrest until um, March 1944 when all of the remains were discovered in the house. However, as we talked about a little bit ago... Dr. Patois what, had gone ghost. Like, you know, he was like, nope, ain't texting you back. Which Scott does that to me a lot. And then claims he was sleeping. Liar. <laughs> I like it when you're not here. I can make fun of you and you can't say anything that people can hear. I know you will. Yeah, whatever. Or... I'm here to unload my, my trailer to drop off my load. I'll call you back. And then I don't get a call for another day and a half. I hate you. <laughs> I'm glad people can't hear you. The authorities finally launched a formal search for Dr. Patois on March 13, 1944. They were able to detain his wife and his son in Paris for questioning. Now, detectives even brought in Maurice Patois. He was Patois, you know, Dr. Patois' brother. Um, when they questioned him, 
it didn't take long before he cracked under the pressure. He was like Humpty Dumpty falling off that wall. Um, he confessed that he had been the one to, de- to deliver the quicklime to the property. However, he had done so under his brother's orders. Now, on March 17th, the authorities arrested Maurice and charged him with conspiracy to commit murder, which I understand. And Georgette, Patois's wife, was also held as she was suspected of helping her husband commit the horrendous crimes. Mm, yeah. Something about dropping off a load. Fuck you. With you just did. No, he said, I never call you when I'm dropping off. When I say, hey, I'm going to drop a load. And, I know. Uh, You're like, I'm at the thick... place I got to drop off my load, and then I'll, I'll call you back. And, you know. It's because me and your mom are meeting up. That's the place I'm going to drop off my load. Yeah. Because <laughs> I get a call a day later, and it's like, dude. Okay, wait a minute. For our listeners, I'm not the only one who does that. Here's Tammy. I swear to God. Dude, 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 dude. What? Now, I got to call you back in like one minute. Okay. Five hours later. Because I get sidetracked. Hey, the other day I remember to call you back. The one time, yeah. Five hours later, yeah. I call her back. Hey, weren't you going to call me back? Oh, I forgot. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pampers. got sidetracked. Sorry, dude. Um, okay, so a German commissaire by the name of Robert Jodkum <laughs> came forward to provide Dr. Bertois with a possible motive. He also gave the details about the torture the doctor had endured during the eight months he was held by the Gestapo. However, like I said in the episode that got erased, um, I could find no information on exactly what the torture involved. (sighs) Which, I mean, I'm still digging. Miss Dabby, let me stop you right there. Yes. It wasn't torture that we were doing to him. Were you tickling him? It was an experiment. It was good for the German people's. And he was a willing participant. Willing. In his own way. He was, yeah. Even though he was like shackled and chained. and He liked it that way. You should ask him. He said, spank me. Spank me. You know that. I love it when you spank me, Dieter. If you so, so do good. I, Dieter. <laughs> Miss Tammy. You Let's meet go. Jesus. <laughs> that kind of sounded like Scott came out at the end. <laughs> Miss Tommy, you need Jesus. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, Miss Tammy needs some Jesus in her life. Can I get a hallelujah? Yeah. Praise the Lord. You're so stupid. So, um, <clears throat> let's see here. <coughs> Dr. Patois had three and three other Fucking individuals. Dying. Huh? Fucking dying. Yeah, you will. Well, it's because my son gave me the goddamn bubonic, bubonic plague. I'm still getting rid of it, little fucking asshole. He did not have the fucking boob on his plate. He gave me the goddamn plague. He's like a rat on two legs. No, dude. Yeah. He's a filthy, filthy, filthy boy. Uh, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. Okay. Do you want something? Yeah, I'll take coffee. You got it. So keep yammering now that I've pooped and I have to have more poop power behind me. Dumb. Don't go into my bathroom for at uh, least I, a half hour. Shit, I think I forgot my butt spray. <laughs> Maybe not. It might be in there. Oh, no, go take away for that. It smells like roses. No, dude. I, I, it smells like cotton candy. No, it does not. <laughs> I mean, no. There was one time when you freaking crop dusted me. I'm like, no, dude. Um. So Dr. Bertois and three other individuals. Oh, I said that already. Oh, no. 
they were arrested and suspected of actually transporting Jews out of Nazi-occupied France. So all of four of them were arrested in May of 1943. The authorities cast a wide net around Paris at that time um, when they arrested the men because they were searching for a potential witness for the crimes, you know, to testify in court. Um, they did manage to track down a man who had plans to flee, but in the end he had a change of heart, and so he stayed. This witness claimed that Patois had offered to procure him safe passage, you know, like uh, the travel documents and everything. Uh, they included travel papers that were required by law. And all Patois wanted was 26, 25,000 francs for that. Now, remember, 25,000 francs was 300 and some odd thousand dollars equivalent today. I mean, because 20,000, you know what I mean? Right. So that's a lot of fucking money, dude. He making bank. I had an uncle named Frank. I like ballpark Franks. Can I speak frankly? I thought you were done with your dad jokes. How about uh, from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Dr. Frankenfurter? <laughs> Frankly speaking. So fucking stupid. <laughs> but Careful, it's hot. Yeah, I noticed. I didn't know it was fresh. When did you make it? Oh, the last time you got a cup of coffee? No, before that, just when you got here. Oh. That, that coffee pot that I bought fucking keeps it hot. Fucking bar- like, seriously. No word of a joke. I have brewed a pot of coffee and forgotten about it. Oh, yeah. And like six, seven hours later, gone, huh, I kind of wonder. Open up, it's still steaming. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's an insulated craft. It's freaking awesome. See, and I don't like to do coffee that way because as soon as you open a bag or a can of coffee, <laughs> it starts to lose its freshness. Right. So I don't like to do it that way. That's why I prefer my Keurig. I go through coffee so fast, it doesn't matter. That's true, you do. We used to keep our coffee in the freezer, and that helps. I like my coffee like I like my women, okay? Hot, black, and strong. I was going to say strong and black and hot. That's right. And a little creamy. (laughs) Reminds me, my son was like five years old one time. and he. I imagine so now that he's more than five. At one time, he had to be five. Yeah, whatever. It was... One time when he was five years old is what I meant to say. They don't skip. Like, it's not like they go, okay, I remember when I was four, and then when I was six, what about when you were five? No, nah, wasn't there. I skipped that one. Okay. Anyways, one time when he was five years old, we were walking through the Bymart parking lot, and there was this woman. She was blonde hair, nice figure. I mean, really beautiful. And my son goes, really loud, Mom, she's so hot. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I love son's story. So when I had my house out in Bend, Oregon, uh-huh. <coughs> and I was married to Misty. Uh, number three. That was number three. Mm-hmm. Misty's in my laundry room, and she's taking her shirt off and, you know, changing her bra and everything uh-huh. like that, getting right in the, in the washer. And Jake's running through the house, and, he's, and I, I can hear him from the other end of the house, a big house. And I hear him go, hi, Daddy. Hi, Misty. Hi, Daddy. Hi, Misty. Hi, Daddy. Hi, Misty. And he runs into the kitchen and... and Turns the corner to the laundry room, and I hear, hi, Daddy, hi. Whoa. (laughs) Did she have a nice set? She had a nice rack. Okay. Very, very, very nice rack. All of my exes have very nice racks. You know, I didn't even look at Maritza when she was here. Very, yeah. But 
you know. she doesn't wear revealing clothes, but trust me, I've seen her naked in the past. I'm sure you have. That's why she's my biggest fan. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, she does. She just pretty modestly and everything. I mean, because I do. I mean, I don't really like wear provocative clothes either. Right. Oh, no. I mean, I have a lot of nice lift and separate bras, but you know. Uh, no. Okay. Party on. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Mar- Maritza's always dressed, dressed, dressed really modestly and things yeah. like that. But she does. Well, she was raised Jehovah Witness, so. Yeah. She has an amazing rack. Should I ask her about it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, flash your Sorry, rack Maritza. For all of us. <laughs> no, Maritza's just a, a really, she's an amazing person. She in general. is. She is. I, yeah. I was really glad to meet her. Yeah, I was kind of scared because, you know. She's one of the few people on this planet, like, if she was to call me right now. You'd fly to L.A. for if she, if she would, If she says, hey, I need you down here in Southern California now, I'd be out the door catching a fucking flight. Yeah. That, uh, that quick Even if simple. you have to do standby, huh? I just might charter a plane. but <laughs> Yeah, I believe you would. <laughs> because <clears throat> if she's calling me with something, I know it's a fucking emergency. Right. You I'd better be take right me if that ever happens, but whatever. I want to push you out of the plane over the desert. Fuck off. Flap your wings. Flap your wings. Remember, tuck and roll. <laughs> tuck and roll. <laughs> Spread your arms. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, not long. Oh, wait. No. Uh, the authorities also learned that a man named Joaquim Gushnov, G-U-S... Stop right there. How the fuck can you be either German or French and have a name like Joaquin? That is But Joaquin Phoenix, he's... I mean, he's not French. I think they're more Dutch. Because they had some Dutch That doesn't sound right. Joaquin? Yeah, I think it's more Dutch. That sounds like... Sombrero. That sounds like enchiladas going on. That's what the fuck that sounds like. No, Joaquim is not a Mexican name. Whatever. Dude, I know what I'm talking about. I'm not that dumb. Um, Hang on, let me paste this over here and then I'll go back. Mmm, pasty. You used to eat paste when you were really younger. And sniff rubber cement. I did sniff a few times of the rubber cement. I never like did weird things like eat paste or anything. That's yeah, disgusting. me neither. No. Or glue. Or glue. I do, no. Remember when we used to put thin layers of glue on I our hands? I used to do that yeah. and peel it off. Yeah. I used to do that. And we used to do, we used to take like safety pins and like across the, the tip, top layer of your finger. And yeah. Your, and I did stupid did shit glue. like that, but never, because I've always been kind of just, I, I have yeah. a delicate palate. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I always have. I, I absorb a lot of the flavors of whatever yeah. I'm eating. And just glue and all that stuff just never seemed appealing. Yeah, I never got it. I mean, my best friend to this day, she will buy a package of Sharpies, and as soon as she opens them, until they, like, wear out, she will open it, sniff it like a... And then she'll write with it, and then before she puts the cap back on, she sniffs it again. I'm like, dude, you are an addict. No shit. <laughs> but she needs a fucking And she'll NA do meeting. it with, like, the freaking um, dry erase markers, anything that smells like that, Yeah. <laughs> I do that with, like, women, but never with a marker. Do you want, <laughs> want to take my cap off and sniff me, Scott? No, I was thinking about your mom, though. I knew you were, and I didn't want to say it, but I, I did. figure a little dip, dip, dip like that, and then a taste test. Yeah. Make sure it's fresh. Whatever. So this Joaquin man had utilized the services that Dr. Patois offered. The Jewish furrier wound up disappearing forever. Is it furrier or farrier? It said F U R R I E R. 
Is that like a fur trader? I don't know. And, and I'm, me, I, I'm no, like legit asking. I'm not like bullshitting you or no, anything I understand. like that. Let me look it up real quick. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. You just fucking okh. keep talking. Yeah, F-U-R-R-I-E-R. Um, he took approximately 500,000 francs cash, five sable coats, and jewelry that consisted of gold, silver, and diamonds. All of this was worth approximately 700,000 francs. A furrier. Okay. Is a person who prepares or deals in furs. So exactly what we said. Because yeah. at first I'm sitting there thinking that you said farrier. Isn't that a transporter? Or yeah, a, a farrier. Like uh, what I do. Okay. A truck driver is actually okay. a farrier. And that's what we were called. Like when, you know, it's, it's, it's transportation. Yeah, it's, it's fucking transportation is what right. it is. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You ferry things back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Now we're logistics transportation specialists. Oh, like petroleum. What were they called? Petroleum. Jelly. No, they were called petroleum something gas attendants. You know, they had that name. Oh, like, yeah. Seriously, dude. Or de- petroleum was transfer technicians or something like that. And you have uh, domestic engineers. Hey. It's housewife. Dude, you know what? We are freaking accountants. We're scheduled. We are. We fucking do it all. We have to do schedules. We have to do transportation. I appreciate that, that. But a housewife was a fucking housewife. Yeah. But you know what? I know you were a single dad and everything, but when you have more than one kid at home or whatever, because I only had one child, but I babysat a lot of his friends. Mm-hmm. And he has one of my friends. She has four fucking kids. Four. Does she know Actually, how that I shit have happens? two friends that have four fucking kids. Does she know how that shit happens? Yeah, kind of. Just fucking crazy. Was she well, Catholic? She, no, she wanted to have four kids. The fuck is yeah. wrong with her? And she waited until she was almost in her 40s before she had them. And then her oldest one, the one, two, and three are two years apart. It's like she had one, two years later she had another one, two years later she had. And the funny thing is, is the third one was born on July 24th, which was supposed to be my son's birthday the year previous. Which friend is this? Um, her name is Charlene. Charlene. <laughs> Knock it the fuck off. Yeah, well, and then four years later, after the youngest one, she had her daughter. Which we didn't know when she, because she was a really good friend of mine. And I was like, I want a girl. You know, I need a little girl. And so, I mean, she did the ultrasound. Couldn't tell. Heartbeat, you know, because girls' heartbeats are, you know, faster than boys. I can hear your heartbeat. Yeah. Anyways, couldn't tell. I mean, we tried everything to figure out what this child, what kind of sex this child was. And then, so when she went in and had her, because um, she had to schedule a C-section because her Second child almost died during childbirth. Right. And um, so she had to schedule a C-section, which was December 1st of 2005, because she's like five years younger than my son. I'm sitting there by the phone, just waiting, just like, I need to know. And then all of a sudden, I get a call from her mom, goes, it's a girl. And I'm like, I'm going to the store. I'm buying girl shit. <laughs> so, I mean. I she- buy girl shit all the time because I want to feel pretty. And put it on your chest. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Oh, God, That's yes. Stop it. That's nipples. so gross, Scott. Oh. I'm not even looking at you. I have to shut my eyes. No, yeah. that's even worse because then I picture it even more. The best part is, have you ever noticed that my butter looks a little weird? I rub it on my nipples. I never see you have butter. Do you have butter in there? I've always got butter. Oh, I know. I don't use that. margarine. That's disgusting. No, no, I will. I, I use actually the Irish butter, the Kerrygold. I'm afraid of Irish butter you because You can buy a nice package of it for $14, like $13 at Costco. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it lasts forever. It's like, you know, 
four four packages of the regular butter, but it's expensive, but it's delicious. I'll eat it like by the spoonfuls. Just saying. You think I'm weird? No, I know you're weird. That's a fucking fact. That's no thinking about that. Yeah, because like, when we were kids, we had we had margarine all the time, and that shit is like nasty as fuck. So let me give you some examples. I think they're space aliens. I can't prove it. What? But I think that they're space aliens. That's thinking, right? Uh huh. I think there's a Loch Ness monster. Uh-huh. I can't prove it, but I think. I know for a fact that you're a fucking weirdo because I can prove that. That's proof. That's factual. <laughs> Name one thing. Oh my God. Where do we start? I just said one. I didn't say them all. Oh my God. Okay. Number one, your your obsession with gangster rap, but we'll let that one go. Number two, you totally do not applaud me when I rap. Because <laughs> it's not that good. Okay. Three words. Cantaloupe and gravy. Dude, cantaloupe and country gravy is the bomb. Disgusting. Yeah. But then I do my pancakes with maple syrup and pepper. Yeah. Um, When I had a pseudo-pregnancy when I was in my teen years, which is where my body thought I was pregnant, um, I started craving peanut butter and mayonnaise and powdered sugar on toast. God, okay, stop right there because you've already proven that you're a goddamn freak in nature. Keep on with your goddamn story about Marcel Marcel the twat and uh, party on because this is going to be a two-parter. Yeah. Anyways, I'm almost done with today's, maybe. So, um, so not long after this, quote, escape network, or perhaps the correct term would be Murder, Inc., um, was discovered the authorities had no problem arresting Dr. Patois' accomplices. The first one who was arrested was an old childhood friend, of the doctors named Rene Gustav Nezonde, N-E-Z-O-N-D-E-T, Nezonde. That's a pretty cool name, actually. Um, he was picked up on March 17th, 1944. On that same day, Roland Porchon was picked up. He admitted to the detectives that he had referred potential clients to Patois and Nezonde. And he went on to tell them that Nezende actually had described Patois to him and said, quote, he's the king of criminals. Okay. So he also claimed to have seen, six, quote, 16 corpses stretched out, end quote, on the basement floor of the Rue Lesser house. Of course, it's always better to stretch them out. <laughs> Don't just pile them there. That's yeah, messy. They learn from the Jews. Don't do that. That's right. <laughs> Give them their space. Um, Okay, I said that already. Um, Another witness claims that he heard Nezende admit to aiding Patois in concealing the bodies. Not in killing them, but concealing them. Um, So when the authorities questioned Nezende, he denied these allegations. He's like, no, dude, wasn't me. Wasn't me. (laughs) Did it on the counter. Um, However, he changed his tune. And on March 22nd, he gave a full confession. His accounts gave a different chronology when it came to the story. He claimed that he didn't even know about the activities of the house until November, December 1943. So, like, four months before they got busted. Um, crap. Then, this is when Dr. Patois was being held by the Gestapo. 
He also stated that in addition to the corpses, he also had come across a diary that contained around, quote, 50 to 60 names of the victims. Um, like he was keeping like the scorecard, Randy Kraft. Yeah. Um, when all was said and done, in addition, oh, wait, when the authorities went through all the evidence that they collected from the house, the diary wasn't among the items. It, it, they couldn't find it. Um, it was probably at the other house getting destroyed. So when all was said and done, in addition to the two men, you know, above, six more were arrested um, in connection to the Patois murders. Included in the additional six detainees was a barber who had a shop on Rue de Mathurines, M-A-T-H-U-R-I-N-S, and a couple by the name of Albert and Simone Newhausen. They were held on charges of receiving stolen property. They were brought in when they can. Uh, they were yeah. They were brought in when they confessed to removing suitcases from the house. I'm going to have charges brought against your mom for theft. For stealing her heart. She stole my heart. I knew you were going. There. Love you, baby. She'll be here sitting on my lap. I should get her a pair of headphones so that she can listen to the podcast when she's gone. That's a good idea. Yeah. I would lend you my... I got, I, when I was clearing out the studio, um, I found my in-ear monitors. Oh. Except those are fucking expensive as shit. Oh, so you're not going to give them to me? No. I can't find my custom ones, though. I have custom yeah, uh, molded you ones. Just get some? Oh. I a, I, no. I got my, my Shores. Uh-huh. And then I have some, some custom uh, molded ones. And I can't find those anywhere. And I don't think they were in studio. I think they were in here somewhere. So are these like, can they connect to your phone and shit? They've got a, yeah, they got the small little jack. Oh. The little uh, 16-inch jack because uh, mine fits the, the, the body pack. Uh-huh. Is just a small little cube that's super condensed. Oh. Then how does that connect to your phone? It just plugs into your phone? No, my, oh. it's my in-ear monitors for on stage. Oh, because I was talking about getting her headphones so she could listen to her phone. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. The same same concept. Gotcha. Goddamn, woman. What's up, dude? Where was I? You were to help me clear off a place for your mom to sit. No. Right here. The majority of the suspects that were brought in <laughs> were released sometime in April, so they were only held for about a month in 1944. However... Nezende, the one that helped dispose of the bodies, um, would be held for approximately 14 months. Um, when the Allied troops invaded France on June 6, 1944, Patois was still a wanted man. How- wanted Did I just call Patois? Dead or alive, <laughs> and you just said Patois. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, I just said fucking Patois. I am so sorry. No, she isn't, Marcel. She's been talking mad shit about you this whole time. Dude, I think he's a psycho. I think he's inspirational because, um, think about it. Now, he did use Strychnine, okay? Wait, but we, but don't, we don't hear really, that a yeah, lot. The Digitalis is new. That is new. I mean, what's his name? Mangale used chloroform, but it's not like a common one. But everybody uses chloroform because yeah. they, 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 they knock people out with yeah, it. Yeah, especially That's, back then. Yeah, it's all over the movies. Like, yeah. Yeah, they put the chloroform on the rag, then come up yeah. behind you, and they go, hey, what are you? Ugh. Dude, I want to be chloroform so bad. I wonder if that fucking feels good. I'm kidding, people. <laughs> <laughs> I have a poem. Oh, shit. Here we go. <clears throat> Roses are red. Violets are blue. 
Does this rag smell like chloroform to you? I've heard that before. It's like, oh my God, that is such a pickup line. <laughs> I actually used that on a first date with this chick I was dating named Autumn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she. You also freaking told her you needed a fucking on our first date. hammer or something. No, no, no. no, no because I was, hauling, I was hauling belt trailers mm-hmm. and to get the, like, there's, there's uh, these frames mm-hmm. that you got to put up to put your tarp over it. Mm-hmm. And to get them in, you've got, you really need a sledgehammer. I mean, you can line them up, but the trailer gets all kind of cockeyed. Yeah. And uh, so I met her. Uh, God damn, I need to run in there. I, I need to grab a sledgehammer and this. And she looked at me and said, you know what? Because she knew what I was talking about because I'd mentioned it before. I'm going to wait to buy that. <laughs> I'll wait till tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I damn near cock blocked myself. <laughs> yeah, happened. right? Yeah. So when you told her the poem, did you actually have a rag in your hand when you said it? That would have been fucking epic. No. Oh. But her and I would go back and forth joking about that. Mm. Like, she's snuck up behind me a few times with a rag. Go, Does this smell like chloroform? And there's nothing on there. Yeah. No, dude. When I was in um, sixth grade? Se- no, seventh grade. We had to do a bug collection in science class. So, you know, they told us to get baby food jars or mason jars, put cotton in the bottom, and mm-hmm. you have your lid, and you put a little ammonia or bleach in there, and you put, like... Um, a little cardboard thing over the top of the cotton. Right. Right? And so, you know, you collect bugs. I don't like bugs. I'm, like, terrified of all bugs, except for a fly and ants. But, um, so my uncle, actually, this is one of the times, I mean, there's only been, like, one or two times that he really showed he cared. Um, he did my bug collection for me. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And so he he was collecting some bugs, and I go... But why do you have to, what is the purpose? Because that was, you know, naive. I believed everything people told me. I was like, I don't understand the purpose of it. What does it smell like? He goes, oh, it's, it doesn't have a scent at all. So I opened it up and sniffed it. I about passed out. <laughs> I was like, whole, I mean, I like literally saw stars and colors. It was like, no, dude, don't ever do that. I use a rag with chloroform when I'm picking up on teenage girls at the high school. I, after you say free Wi-Fi. Say, hey, can you smell this for me? I don't know. My, my nose isn't working. Does this smell like something's on it? They go, oh, it does. And they pass out. Yeah. When my son was little, I was cleaning the bathroom. And you I chloroformed mixed. him, didn't no, you? No, I mixed. I was in the bathroom, and he was in the living room. And I was cleaning the bathtub with this, you know, bathtub cleaner. And it wasn't, the thing wasn't coming off, so I went and got some bleach. Oh, no. And next thing I know, my son is sitting over me and I'm like laying on the bathroom floor. He goes, mommy, mommy, mommy. But yeah, but thank goodness he knew that my mom, what number my mom was on speed dial on my cell phone. So he called her. Was she number 69? No, she was number two because number one was 911. She's my number one. Oh yeah, Janet. She's at the top of my favorites list on my phone. She's the top of my favorites list on my, in my spank bank. I believe you. (laughs) Sick fucker. Guess what I'm doing over here thinking about your mom. She's probably going to come back with like purple hair again. Stop it, Scott. Sicko. Tell me more about her purple hair. Shut up. Mm, Don't look at my curse at you. Oh, yeah. Tell me more. (laughs) Fucking stop it, Scott. (laughs) You're fucking going to gross me the fuck out. I love it. You know what's better than hearing the disdain and the disgust in your voice on the phone? Seeing your face live. (laughs) I know because I can't hide my emotions at all. It is fucking fantastic. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Marcel's child, childhood. He was born, check this out, Marcel Andre Henry Felix Patois. Five names. Stop right <laughs> fucking there. 
Yeah. France. Europe, as a matter of fact. And Mexicans. I was going to say, Mexicans have names that are a mile long. Knock it <laughs> the fuck off with yeah. giving anybody more than three names. Yeah, I'm like... Three names is the max. I'm starting to like uh, refresh our um, research list. And there's this one Mexican lady who has, I swear to you, seven names. And, and I know why. I actually asked Mertz about yeah. this years ago. It's because they go back through, uh, to represent everybody in their family. Oh, yeah. Their the mother, their grandma. Yeah. So it could be like, um, and this isn't Mertz's full, I won't even use her. It could be like Maria Patricia Guadalupe. Gonzalez, Gonzalez Perez. Perez yeah. Nunez. De La Sosa. Yeah. Yeah. It's something like that. It's fucking stupid. Four names is the, like the max, though. And let me tell you why. Because you can have a hyphenated name. Like your oh, yeah. name could be like Susan Maria Alexander hyphen Delgado. Yeah. Or something. That's acceptable. But if you are naming your fucking child more than three goddamn names out the gate, you should fuck yourself. My son has four. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, too. He's like Jeremiah Jordan Michael Bay. It fall, it rolls right off the tongue. No, it does not. Mm-hmm. Makes my tongue do gymnastics, and the only way that my tongue should be doing gymnastics is well, you know. <laughs> my friend who had the four little kids, her her daughter used. To, I mean, she's a feisty. I mean, she's in high school now, and doesn't date any of the guys because they have like no minute. confidence, and she's very confident. Really? Tell me more about her. Shut up. Does she like Wi-Fi? I will kill you. Does she like Wi-Fi? No, she's like my daughter. I will fucking kill you. Okay. Does she like Wi-Fi? No. She doesn't like bald men either, so. I bet you she will. I'm like a dildo with ears. Thank God I have ears. I would smother. I hate you. (laughs) But no, she used to always say when she got mad at my son, she goes, Jamichael, big, knock it off. Oh, that's that one, yeah. Yeah. So, um. I just call him Bullfrog. I know you do. He he fucking hates that song, but whatever. Because everybody always played it for him. His nickname is Bullfrog with me from now on. Yeah. Forever. Um. He was born on January 17th, 1897. So, in a small town, approximately 100 miles south of Paris. Um, After his crimes were made public, the family's former neighbors came forward with a plethora of bizarre accounts from his childhood. Aha! This is when we get to the meat and potatoes of this motherfucker. Yet, to this day, nobody truly knows if the tales are accurate or if they were exaggerated by or for the press. Which we see to this day. Yeah. Media sensationalizes every, my, my episode for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Really hits on home on that. Oh, yeah. Well, we've talked about doing this one, an ep- a special episode on this one case out of Oregon. And the media was all over the place with false accusations. I mean, they just assumed shit. It's just skinheads, man. Yeah. It's always the skinheads. Well, that and we were gang and it was just bad. Horrible. Um, and even when the police came out and made a statement to the press saying that's not true, freaking the press kept going with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Um, let's see. Some, oh, uh, some accounts tell of the way he took great pleasure in torturing small animals until they died by his hands, which we have seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember what's her name? Uh, falling, who would take the cats and drop them from high places just to see if they landed on their feet. And we were talking about earlier the McDonald's, the, the McDonald uh, triad. triad. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that's one of them. Uh, bedwetting, torturing animals, and you said arson, yeah, I think, but it doesn't sound right. I think it's the McDonald's triad. You should look it up. The oh. McDonald's triad, I think, is fire, an obsession with fire. Not just, ar- not specifically arson, but, you know, a fascination with fire. Um, teachers also later recalled that Patois was extremely intelligent. And this next part, I mean, the next, not this part, but the part after that, it, but I understand when he was five years old. Hold on. You know what? Am I, I right? I was wrong. You're dead on. This is arson, cruelty to animals, and enurethis, which I think means pee in the bed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a uncontrollable bedwetting. For some reason, it, d- it didn't sound right to me. I mean, I didn't well, doubt you, but because you no. know shit as well as I do, but. No, but um, there are other models out there that oh, no, list yeah, there other are. things. So, but that one's the first one that ever was developed. Right, right. That's I, that's probably where I get confused because we go through so many qualifying factors that Dude. sometimes in my head, like a lot of shit overlaps. Oh, you just don't even know. <laughs> yeah. So, when he was five years old, though, he was reading at a ten-year-old level. Which nice? You were freaking doing math at fucking. You were like doing algebra at two, weren't you? Uh, I was doing calculus by the time I was ten. Oh wow! Yeah. See, I didn't start calculus until I was like twelve or thirteen. Which still cracks me up because not toot my own horn. I have this that extraordinary <laughs> high IQ, extraordinary mm-hmm. high IQ. But yet I look like this, so people automatically think that I'm dumb as a box of hammers. And sometimes you, know, you act like you're dumb as a box of hammers. Maritza put it best. She goes, you know what you do? You act dumb and you stay real quiet because you give people just enough rope mm-hmm. before you open your mouth. Oh, yeah. And hang them. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, because I have a higher IQ, too. Um, and um, I will if they piss me off, if somebody pisses me off, I will literally type up an email or a text message that totally belittles them, but it sounds intelligent, so it's not like a... You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But yeah, I've done that many a times. Um, did it to this one chick when my dad died. It was so funny. But despite his advanced intelligence, though, and this is the part I um, understand, or perhaps because of it, he often kept to himself and couldn't pay attention for any significant amount of time, which you and I have talked about it. When you're bored in class, you're not going to pay attention. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to do shit in sixth grade just to get set to the principal's office because I was bored as fuck. I did that a couple times in high school just to see the receptionist's tits. See, our receptionist was a short, like she was maybe five foot two older lady. <laughs> and this was back when they, you know, teachers could touch students, you know, like not hit them. We, Inappropriately? We didn't have the, no. We didn't have the we didn't have the uh, corporal punishment in school by the time I was there, but they could like grab your hands or your shirts and you know like remove you from if you're fighting. Well, the two kids were getting into a fight, a hick and a skater. And Hick's name I remember his name is Justin Sweeney. I can't remember the other kid's name. Like Sweeney Todd. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but um, he was from the south and he had his like southern accent, and that's why I remember his name. Um, but. She, I mean, like I said, and these guys were big guys. One was a wrestler. One was, you know, he was, he was a taller skate, you know, skater guy. And they were fighting down by the music room in the gym. And she went and broke it up herself. And she's walking down the hall 
pulling their heads down, dragging them by the ear, saying, I'm going to call your parents. <laughs> That's yeah. my kind of woman, man. Dude, and I'm telling I like you, they like need that. to do that shit to this day. But if there's was... a fight in school now, the teacher can't break it up at all. And that's what gets me, man. I, that, that, I think that's the reason why there's so many problems mm-hmm. is because there's a lack of ass whoopings. I'm not saying beat your kids, by the way, boys no, and girls. discipline them. I'm saying sometimes an ass whooping makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. I literally only swatted my son's butt three times his entire childhood. My son's 18. I would still whip his ass. Yeah. My son's strong as fucking tall as fucking... Yeah, I want to beat other people's kids. You have no idea. Like there's times I'm in the store, I want to spank their kids. I know. Before I had my son, if I heard a baby crying or screaming in the store, I go, "Oh, that poor baby." After I had my son, I'm like, "Oh my god, that poor mother." <laughs> but um, yeah, that's fine. Okay. They also talked about his brazen lewdness. For instance, there was a time in elementary school. Um, before he was 11, he openly propositioned a male student for sex. You know, and you and I were talking about before we had to restart this episode that that kind of sounds almost like uh, sexual abuse. Right. That's indicative of yeah. sexual, especially at that young of an age. Yeah, I, I got to thinking about that's that. That's like their sexuality, you know, is like brought out too young. And so, you know what I mean? Right. Well, the, the reason why it's indicative of it is because as you're growing up and you're developing, mm-hmm. okay? There are things that offer up a slice of normality. Right. And one of those things is sexual behavior. Right. So if if you're in elementary school, mm-hmm. okay, so you're probably below the age of, what's a good guess? 11, 12? Uh, yeah, because you're okay. five when you start. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I don't know why this keeps shutting itself off. God damn. Something's up with that shit. Did it stop the... Recording again? No, no, it's still oh, recording. Oh, you're going but the, into the, sleep the, mode? Yeah, the monitor keeps shutting itself down. It normally doesn't do that no matter how long we record. Uh, so I'll probably have to restart everything. Not this no, episode, but I will anyway. kill you. Um, no, but, but um, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So there's things that offer up I just normality. saw like, something go by over there, so it scared me. Yeah, don't. <laughs> that's, it's A-OK. Um, so, okay, let's take the sexual abuse out of it. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking about this. That we were talking about while I was in the bathroom because, you know, my brain works in big circles. Let's take abuse in general. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's say I, I'm the greatest guinea pig in the world, by the way, boys and girls. The way yeah. I was raised was in a very abusive household oh, physically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was never molested or anything like that. But I had the shit beat out of me. Oh, yeah. So with that, I was an abusive kid. Mm-hmm. Being at that, I always got into fist fights. I was going to say, so you, so you went out and sought, started fights. And... I sought out. I didn't start them. But I sought out violence. Okay. Put that down there. And uh, while I knew it was wrong, mm-hmm. it offered up a sense of normality. Uh-huh. Now, a lot of you are confused right now. Let me explain, and then we'll get back on track. You can know something is wrong, right. but it feels right. Right. Well, because with sexual abuse, I can attest to this because I've been sexually abused. Our bodies are designed to enjoy sex. Yes. So when you're being sexually abused, you have that sense of guilt because you're at some point during it, even though you don't like it happening and it's painful or whatever, there's a part of you that enjoys it because your body's designed that way. And acceptance of it. Yeah. Because that's your new situation. Exactly. And so um, 
sometimes, I mean, there are some kids, some people who are sexually abused that totally avoid sex later. They like Correct. can't stand it. But then there's others, depending on the age and their psyche, will seek that out inappropriately. Right. And I was going to bring that up. That's where yeah. like it. So it sounds I, like he was abused by a male. So I, I, I hate actually bringing this part of it into it. But people who seek out BDSM. Right. Oftentimes, not always. I'm not picking on all of you because I like a little spank spank myself. Oh, yeah, me too. But oftentimes you can go back and go, okay, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, and, and it, there's some kind of a sexual abuse attached right, to Especially it. when it gets to the complete dominance and passiveness. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. When you're talking some freaky shit like bloodletting yeah. and, yeah. and things like that, you can, you can track it back to that. But uh, all abuse has... All abuse that a child experiences as a as, as a child mm-hmm. has adult repercussions for it. Mm-hmm. So, and you don't understand it, right? And it does. It takes a lot of work to uh, to kind of get your shit together. Like for me, I got into a really good program in my late thirties. I was just say that was about fifteen years ago, wasn't it? Or ten years ago? About ten years, yeah. Okay. When I got into the program, mm-hmm. and it taught me how to. Number one, it showed me that while I wasn't physically abusive to, like, girlfriends and things like that, right. I was verbally abusive. Right, because you knew not to lay your hands on them. Right. And it's like, but yelling at them isn't abusing them. No, not even yelling, just saying horrible oh, things. I that mean, you knew pushed their buttons and demeaned them? Oh, totally. Okay. You know? like You didn't um, do that to my best friend Maritza, did you? No. Okay, good, because no, I was no. going to punch you right here. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Maritza and I's dynamic was completely totally, different. Completely different, and uh, like I said, I still love her to this day. Oh yeah, she's she's a fantastic person. Yeah, I don't do anything in the world for her. But I would say I just fucked up things like, um, oh fuck, I'm trying to think of some of the things that you know. Well, that's why your parents don't like you because you're you're a cunt and you should wow. have been aborted. Just that stuff like wow. that. Yeah, you were telling me. I mean, you didn't say exactly what you said, but when you had that roommate here, your ex business partner, how you oh went God, off your yeah. meds and like fucking like demeanor, and that to this was, day you still feel. Like, I, I still feel like shit. Yeah, I feel like total shit about that. But that was a because that wasn't because I wanted to be abusive. It was that's because you were off your happy pills. Yeah, it wasn't because I wanted to empower myself, and that's what I was trying right. to do in the past. That was I went off my pills, and my brain just went pew, like out there. Oh yeah, totally. I mean. And, I mean, my cousin did that to me, you know, because my, because I, I lived with my aunt and uncle who had three boys, and their youngest son would literally demean me on a regular basis. And there was one time I, I had had enough. He was sitting there telling me, you're only here because your mother doesn't love you, and we're the only ones that t- would take you in, otherwise you'd be, you know, in an orphanage or blah, 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 or on the streets, right? So it's like, I had had enough of that. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Well, his mom died when she was giving birth. And so I looked at him and said, at least I didn't kill my mom, you son of a bitch. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's like, you know, but I had had enough. You know, we all have a breaking point. But, yeah, you can find some things that really trigger pushing buttons and shit. Oh, totally. And I'm going to end that part of it only with the PSA is that dudes, boys and girls, if you are having problems out there, whether whatever your problem is, you might have to go to several programs. But find a good program, honest to God, and yeah. I give a big shout out to my to the guy who ran the program. His mm-hmm. name was Carl Landerholm. He's retired now. Um, the guy who ran my anger management right. domestic violence program, his program 
I swear to God, saved my life. Right. Because if it hadn't been for his program, uh-huh. I would have A, been killed by yeah. somebody. Or I would have probably been in prison. Right. It literally saved my life. Please, for the love of God. I was going to say. If you have a problem, get help. Yeah. Please. I am actually begging my listeners, our listeners, get yeah. fucking help. Yeah. And if you're being abused and belittled like that, find a way out. Yeah. I mean, I know it's hard, but find a way out. And a little secret, you guys can probably, if you if you are having that problem, give us drop drop us an email. We're, we'll help you out. We're, well, we're we're not monsters. No, we we can hook you. We can try to find resources. Good for you, resources nowhere, for you, no matter where you are, because, because we're pretty good at finding shit I, like that. I live my life totally differently now. Oh um, yeah, I try to honestly live my life with a lot of love and compassion in my heart. Yeah, you've yelled at me a couple of times, but it's yeah. only because we misunderstand each other. But. Yeah. Some misunderstandings here and there, mm-hmm. and then I get pushed to my limits, and then I fucking blow up. Maybe has bad days, but uh, but yeah, please get help. Anyway, uh, yeah. But so, so what you're telling me so far, though, mm-hmm. really does sound really indicative of some a little bit of molestation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, let's see, where was I? Oh, then there was the time, and this to me is like normal childhood behavior. Um, that they caught him passing around obscene photos. To me, that sounds like a little boy who found his dad's Playboy and was like, look at this. Yeah. You know? So, to me, that doesn't sound like anything, you know. Dude, when I was in uh, high school. Deviant. When, when we were living in California, uh, my friend Fred yeah. found pictures of, because uh, for a while, him and his mom uh, were living with her mom's friend. Okay. Uh, and he found pictures of her, not his mom, but the roommate situation buck ass naked for a boy from polaroids and that i was the first one, dude you gotta check these out i found a picture pictures of her own oh, fuck yeah that's cool man <laughs> it's, it's a boy thing yeah that's not deviance that's called being a fucking boy yeah and you girls i'm sure you guys do the same thing like if you found pictures of big dicks you'd be calling your goddamn girlfriends oh, going, dude. going hey amy come over here yes i found my uncle's uh, like porn novellas, you know, oh, like yeah. the Harlequin ones, and I showed them to my friend. I was like, "Read this shit." <laughs> He's got a schlong like an anaconda. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's like I can't believe that my uncle reads this shit. But um, then when he was when Patois was when Pat, yeah Patois, <laughs> you almost said Patois again. Was eleven years old? He took his father's gun, which was a revolver. To school, and during his history class, he took it out and fired it. He was like, you know. In today's day and age, that's called a felony. Yeah. That, yeah, because we were talking Kip Kinkle and Klebold. Yeah. Yeah. That's just insane. So um, then there was another time he decided to perform his own circuit sideshow. That's when he made a friend stand with his back to a door in order to throw knives at him, which I can see you doing. <laughs> Um, my circus sideshow is totally different. It happens in my bedroom. I don't want to even know about it because you, you sent me that freaking clown porn, I and I was just like, I that was traumatized. Was awesome, dude! That one in when the girl had that dream about the man being reborn. That oh my god! Fucking... Yeah, and he's crawling out of the vagina. Yes, I mean, I was like, I was traumatized. The giant vagina. That was awesome. I told our mutual friend about that because he was saying how you send him porn. He goes, No, he'll torture me by doing this. I said. Dude, I have gotten this. He goes, you win. <laughs> I got to start sending him this shit. Yeah. Be awesome. Yeah. So, um, Patois' parents weren't oblivious to their son's 
what their son was doing. Um, between 1907 and 1909, they actually took him to a doctor many times because he started having frequent convulsions, like he was going into seizures, and then he would habitually sleepwalk, which is also, it's almost, sleepwalking, they have said, is a sign of disassociation, you know, because you, like, remove yourself from your situation, because I used to do that when I was getting, you know, brutalized. I would, like, pretend like I was looking down on it so that I wasn't really in there. Yeah, you're you not know? in the moment. You're yeah. just an observer instead of exactly. a participant. Exactly. And so, I mean, I understand it. Um, let's see. They were also concerned. So, it had it, let's see, he was born in 1997. So, he was 10, not 11, 1997. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, we're not partying like so it's 1999 here, Prince. From 1907 to 1909, he was between 10 and 12 years old. And he was still wetting his pants very often. See, that's another sign right it there. It is a very, yeah, because I, I didn't wet my pants, but I did other things to pretend right. like, I mean, because if you're dirty, you feel like if you're dirty. Right. Nobody's yeah. going to touch you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I'm disgusting, you're not going to want to touch me. So now you've given me some very interesting dynamics. Yes. Yeah. Two things that are indicative of molestation. Correct. Plus the psychopathy of. The, the, the torturing animals. Um, oh, the other shit that he was doing. God damn it. Uh, like the gun and the, yeah, the knives gun, and the... Violent tendencies. Yeah. And we were saying this before when you and I were talking about it, is that normally you don't see two of those traits... You don't. ...coming together in a, in a serial killer. No, because he's kind of showing psychopathic behavior at a young age, not sociopathic so much. Right. And then he's also showing signs of, like, this per- self-preservation. But normally with... And you might talk about sex later. I have fucking no idea because we didn't get that far. Um, but um, normally, somebody who's showing the, the, the sexual molestation characteristics, and I'm not saying that he was, but it's just right. characteristics. They're showing those characteristics early on when they, be, with most of the serial killers we've done that have become serial killers. Right. It's usually the sex is central. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the main focus. Mm-hmm. The violence is the aftermath. Right. And now or I'm the hearing... the climax, yeah. Right. Now I'm hearing that the violence is the, is the central. Mm-hmm. And no sex. No. Yes. Like se- but he's got like this self-preservation. Right. That's just, it's a very interesting dichotomy. Oh, yeah. Very. That, that we've got going on here. Yeah. It's very, very, very unique. I'm, you very. got my full attention. This is very fucking I know. unique. He, I told you this was a weird case. Um, the whole, his, his whole psychopathy that I'm thinking of right uh-huh. now is just... It's nothing that we've done before. Not at all. I, I mean, we've done, we're on episode, what, 110? We'll be at 110 at the end of the week, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the week. So we've got to be at 106 now. So in 106 episodes that we've done, plus the hundreds that we've researched yeah, prior, that we're I've never heard nothing like this. And getting ready. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, because look at with Shawcross, when he was sexually abused and everything. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Because he we didn't don't go quite know if he's through bullshit the, like, uh, the like the self preservation mode of it, but he did do the acting out, right? Because so. with, with with him, 
That's why I, I'm kind of 50-50 on if Shawcross was telling the truth about being molested or not. That's true, too, because he didn't get his aunt's name right. and Yeah, the, yeah. the details were off. And he might have been because, this is why I lend 50-50 to it, because the sex was central. Mm-hmm. It was a prim- that stuff was his primary. Mm-hmm. The secondary was the killing. Right. So he was going to have sex mm-hmm. for them. But then he's going to kill them afterwards. And he did that with the children, right. the two, the, 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 his initial two victims. Right. Um, and then in, he switched to adults, was really weird. But. No, it's not weird at all. Think mm. about it. He was going after, the, he had the one homeless lady, which is oh, a throwaway yeah. person, and then hookers. They're oh, throwaway yeah. people. And then nobody, and, and it does make sense because it's like almost a self-preservation when he's doing his crimes. Because if he's doing throwaway people and not children, because people are going to look. And yeah. hunt down killers of children. Yeah, you you kill a child. I don't care if that child's a little asshole like the one yeah. next door, or homeless, or drug addict, or whatever. It doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter. You're going to hunt down a child killer. Oh yeah. But if hookers are disappearing and turning up dead, it's almost like that's par for the course. You're a hooker, unless you're in yeah. Rochester, because I still give it up to Rochester PD. They were on it. They're like, oh motherfucker, no, that can't happen. Yeah, not at all. What the fuck? I just got a weird text. Um. So, uh, where was I? Oh, so in 1912, so 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, Patois' mother died suddenly. And his father decided to take a job 15 miles away from home, of the town they were living in. So he sent Patois and his brother Maurice to live with an aunt. Okay. Patois didn't even last a whole year there before he was expelled from school and set to live with his father again. And I haven't been able to find out information on what his behavior was. It's very typical of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. L- lack of fucking information. Yeah. Uh, different countries, France included. Knock the fuck off. Give us some more info. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. So, he wasn't in the school because when he was enrolled in the school and he lived with his dad... He wasn't there very long either because he managed to get expelled for, and they say, uncontrollable bad behavior and his, quote, over-excitation. See, that's the acting out. That's another Mm -hmm. component that is indicative of the child molesting. Right. Of being molested. Because, and if it's, I'm sure it wasn't because he was just excitable. Right. You know, given the history. Right. I'm thinking it had to be something of a sexual nature. Exactly. Me too. Me too. And because overexcitation says that you have this something in you that you have to act up. Right. And a lot of people who are abused or especially sexually abused because they can't come out and tell you, they act out hoping you'll understand. Right. I did that a lot. That's a form of catharsis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did that a lot growing up. It's like, why aren't you understanding that I need your help? You know? So as he grew up, his behavior went from, quote, childhood mischief to full-on criminal activity. He was 17 years old when he robbed a mailbox and wound up with a charge for mail theft. Um, and, one, and then another charge for damaging public property. That's when the court mandated that he be given a psychological evaluation. About fucking time. Yeah, so at 17, first psychological evaluation. This evaluation took place on March 26, 1914. Excuse me. My heart burns. Zach, no, I shouldn't have eaten all the peppers. But um, 
And the psychiatrist reported that Patois was, quote, an abnormal youth suffering from personal and hereditary problems, <laughs> which limit to a large degree his responsibility for his acts. So basically he's saying that um, he has inherited some behaviors and he has experienced some behaviors, so therefore he is not responsible for the way he's behaving. Yeah. So he had a nature nurture going on. Yep. And yeah. diminished capacity. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. So this was sufficient enough for the judge <laughs> to dismiss the charges in August. At the hearing, the judge stated the accused appears to be mentally ill. By this time, Patois was developing a pattern. Before he could graduate high school, he was expelled from two more schools in two separate towns. And But he did finally graduate in July of 1915, and he was sent to a special academy in Paris. Now, I'm going to stop there um, because we kind of got off topic a little bit. And that way, I mean, we're getting into his adulthood now. So I'll just stop there, and we'll pick up his adulthood next week. So, but yeah, so far, doesn't Patois sound very interesting? Yeah, there's just so much going on with his psyche. I could psychoanalyze him forever. I know. I don't even have, I have never, I mean, I've never taken psych classes. I've read a lot of psych books. But, yeah, there is so much going on with him that it is, like, insane. Insane. Yeah, I agree. So, but, I mean, as we go on, you're going to be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we'll stop there. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat that's on Medium, and uh, several other blog sites. Just look at, at uh, you just type in at BrutalNation, and normally we'll pop right up. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to check out our Patreon. That's right. We have a few sponsors. We have some excellent, you know, levels and stuff that you know to give out for sponsors they're really fucking amazing yeah, yeah. very very much and so. the links at the bot inside the description of what the episode's about so help a right brother there. out in my rapping yeah. career did you say about the amazon link no i didn't yeah okay. click on the amazon link to have black friday sales still i know well uh, yeah cyber money black friday fucking you know we the, provide that link for you at our page it helps the show out doesn't cost small you town saturday answer. remember those two no where they promote on Saturday, on a Saturday around Christmas, they promote the small town businesses, like the oh. hometown ones. Just a home, just a small town girl? Yeah, well, yeah, living in a lonely world. <laughs> you know, the like small bi- business owner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Grooving. No, yeah. I didn't even know about that shit. Yeah. Huh. Alright, this show is copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. You raised your no, hand. No, I could, well, wait till next Did episode. Did you jazz hand me? No, I was going to mention something, but we can wait till next episode. No, it's mention it. I was going to say, because um, our produce, production company is reaching out. Oh, forgot about that. Go yeah, they're offering, they're offering opportunities to, if you ha- want a podcast and you don't have the equipment, can't afford it, whatever, or don't know how to go about doing it, contact twi- an admin at Twisted Blue LLC, and they we you know, we'll, they can talk to you about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good sponsorship yeah. 
program. Yeah, it's a it's like to reach out and help people who want to be involved with something like this but don't know how to get started. Right, right, because we're we're getting ready to add more podcasts. Yeah. And yeah, and Twisted Blue wants to add a diverse collection of them and help people out. Yeah, that's yeah. by and large it. We'll mention that the net have been getting at the next episode too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I okay. mean, you know, we just want to get it out there and let them know that just contact Twisted Blue and we can, you know, we'll hook the brother you. up. Yeah, we'll help you out. All right, let's see. I went through this copyright 2021 with Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye bye. Bye, everybody.